0: What's up?
1: Hope you all are having a good Sunday morning Um, Here we're going to talk about An issue that We have to be careful As men We really do Because these women out here Can be very evil Extremely evil Alright They don't care Who they take out They just think the, the, the child is Just needs them You're gonna see what I mean right here Hard Talk Radio Live
2: in 4K. ...with a murder-for-hire plot in Carmel.
3: Police say one man is dead. Three people, including a mom and daughter, are... One second. Okay. ...involved drug-laced oatmeal. My teammate's Richard Essex
4: has the disturbing details.
2: The man who lived in this Carmel house was in a dispute with his ex-girlfriend over the custody of their two-year-old daughter. And according to court records, the ex-girlfriend had tried to kill this guy more than once. Now she's a suspect along with two others in his murder. 41-year-old Heidi Littlefield, her daughter, 22-year-old Logan Runyon, and her boyfriend, 29-year-old Robert Walker, faced charges in the murder of 46-year-old Francis Kelly. A friend found Kelly dead in his Carmel home on January 18th, and she told police that she hadn't heard from him for a couple days. The autopsy found Kelly had been strangled, but toxicology reports later showed that he had fentanyl in his system. Kelly had been in a custody battle with Littlefield. She had been inside of his house just three days before he was found dead. According to a text message exchange between Kelly and Littlefield, he tasted something odd in his oatmeal. Text from Kelly said, you were in my fridge last night, and it tastes funny after a couple bites, and now I'm lightheaded. The lightheadedness was from fentanyl. Investigators say Littlefield had tried before by lacing Kelly's soup with fentanyl. According to court records released to ITM8, police were notified of recorded conversations of Littlefield saying she wanted Kelly dead, and she was making plans on overdosing him and planting drugs on him. Police also tell us that Littlefield and her daughter had paid Walker last year. To have Kelly killed. Investigators say they gave Walker $2,500 to find someone to do it. Walker told police investigators that he had used the money to buy drugs and had no intention of doing what Littlefield wanted. Walker and Runham were picked up by police in Ohio earlier this week. Walker had an outstanding local warrant and during questioning he told investigators everything. He told police that Littlefield drugged Kelly then went back to his house found him on the floor barely breathing. She used one of his favorite
1: my thing is like don't why are you giving her access to your home? You guys are not together to, anymore. Don't give her access to your home. That's the thing. Some men, you know, you you like to play house with women. All right. She, she ain't your wife. Don't have her in your home. Okay, you, you had a kid together, it's over. Don't have her in your home.
2: Ties to strangle Kelly and then bludgeoned his head against the floor. Heidi Littlefield was supposed to make her first court appearance today, and the first court appearance for the other two has not been set. In Carmel, Richard Essex, Wish TV, WishTv.com, and follow us.
1: At the end of it all, she got sentenced to 115 years. Okay, she's basically doing life. All right. And she was not a good mother because uh, her daughter is on, you know, is addicted to drugs. <laughs> she forgot about that. And she forgot that she got a boyfriend. Her, her daughter got a boyfriend that's also addicted to drugs. So this murder plot wasn't going to go off with, without it, um, without problems. Okay. The sad thing is, is like she was saying that she would do life for her mother because she did all this because she wanted love and attention from her mom. That is sad, man. That shows you how much of a horrible mother she was. A horrible mother. And you took away children from their father. You have to be careful. You got to be careful, because it it will cost you your life. All right. Next story up. The Alphabet Mafia, Biden and his Alphabet Mafia, are always on the move. Okay? And look where they're funding in Ecuador. Let's get to it. Here we go. Hard Talk Radio,
0: live
5: in 4K. This is Outnumbered. I'm Emily Campagno here with my co host, Harris Faulkner. And also joining us today, Jackie DeAngelis, Laura Trump, and Guy Benson. Now, we begin with the crisis at the southern border, the Biden administration's silence, and a new outrageous use of American tax dollars being sent abroad in the face of the shocking migrant influx. New York City coping with a crisis by setting up tent shelters on Randalls Island, complete with amenities, wait for it, that include Xbox game consoles, ping pong tables, fluff and fold laundry, and plenty of controversy, with residents housed in nearby homeless shelters, a stark contrast to the rundown conditions that they live in. Meanwhile, the situation at the southern border is spiraling out of control. In El Paso, Texas, the city's Democratic mayor is now denying that the White House asked him not to declare a state of emergency over the influx of illegal immigrants. But his comments at a city council meeting last month suggest otherwise. Did the White
3: House ask you not to declare a state of emergency?
0: Absolutely not. You know,
6: one of the things I'm very thankful for the White House, the federal government, they've done a really, really good job of working with us and helping us to make sure we get funding to be able to
7: do the job that border cities are required to do. I had a conversation this morning this morning or yesterday with uh, the chief of the U.S. Border Patrol, uh, Chief uh, Ortiz, and he, um, he does not support uh, declaring a state of emergency at this point. Our congresswoman has uh, urged for us not to do that, and our county judge does not support that at this point. We may have to do that. I mean, there's going to be a point where we may have to do that, but at this point, and the White House has asked at this point for us not to do that,
5: But our president is staying silent on the border issue, instead turning his attention to other causes in South America. Fox News Learning, the Biden administration is funding drag performances in Ecuador, with the State Department awarding more than $20,000 to a cultural center to host drag theater performances in the name of diversity, equity and inclusion. Now, the State Department did not respond to Fox News's request for comment.
1: That is some.
5: (laughs) To unpack here. So, why don't I just get your top line thoughts?
0: Well, we can start with the El Paso, Texas controversy. It seems like this mayor down there is changing his story and has repeatedly. At first, Uh, it wasn't just him.
1: This is is just insane, insane, man. All right. I mean, you're funding this degeneracy world, you're trying to, you know, bring this over here even more. You're trying to, this, this is why I say American culture, you know, is poison. It is poison. You cannot be okay with other countries taking on American culture. Whenever, if you go overseas And they say, we want to be like America. You tell them, no. No, you don't. Your country will be in chaos. Anarchy. You don't want American culture.
0: The Biden administration basically phoned him up and said, please don't declare a state of emergency in your city. It would look bad politically. And it looks like there was a quid pro quo. That's at least my speculation that they got a bunch of money that they would need to pay deal with some of these migrants in exchange for not creating a political embarrassment democrat on democrat
1: at the border now he's saying at least yesterday I- this is why politics is it's not good to be in politics if you actually want to make a difference because you have to cover up you have to lie and if you dare to be an individual you dare to actually be for the people you may end up in some serious trouble you may end up losing your life
0: pressure. He said, yes, they asked, but I agreed we didn't need to do that. The news story seems to be, oh, no, they didn't ask. I don't believe him. I don't believe almost anything coming out of this administration on an issue that they absolutely refuse to take seriously. And I think it's very telling that rather than really dealing on substance with the actual problem itself, they seem to be running around, as usual, preoccupied with optics that they're also bad at.
5: That's right. And the optics, Laura, are questionable. Whose optics or whose message are they continuing to amplify? It seems to be this very narrow sliver of the population, this progressive left, where they think that they can curry favor with the votes. Because it seems to me, like taking taking that step back, that at the southern border, including this influx of migrants, so the, the administration is refusing to acknowledge an emergency that would help provide for a lot of children, a lot of unaccompanied minor children, in addition to a lot of American children. That are getting resources diluted because of that emergency that is being um denied acknowledging it as such yet the administration is happy to fund drag performances for children in ecuador it's fine if someone's money wants to go to that but not my tax dollars under guys of this administration without telling us without acknowledging
8: it right well, well that's the craziest part this situation in ecuador so let me get this straight so we are sending american taxpayer dollars to another country to support drag performances. This is our money. Why aren't we spending it here? That This sort of thing, I think people find very, very upsetting in America when we see our money just being squandered and used for things that we well, nobody understands. Um, but the situation at the Southern border, they can't call it an emergency, of course, because they would acknowledge what we all know it is. It is a complete disaster down there. You have such a bad situation now that the drug cartels are actually making more money human trafficking than they are on the drugs themselves, and you think about all of the people harmed by that. We know what it does to our country, but these migrants, the people that they're bringing over, think about the the foot. Is it fifty nine people dead in the back of a tractor trailer? The the horrors that these people have to endure to come here, um, you have the situation now where, you know, they're using Snapchat and Twitter and all of these uh, different social media outlets to lure people to traffic for them. The drug cartels, it is just outrageous, but they can't call it what it is because they would acknowledge the disaster that they caused and they're continuing to cause to happen in America.
5: That's right. And, you know, bringing it home here in this city, Harris, on the way to work when I was walking here today and yesterday, I noticed that in a lot of the um, the, the HDTV sort of billboards that rotate on the corners, uh, there are a lot of information resources where we can donate to help the migrants that are in this town. But I've never seen it for the homeless. I've never seen any ad here from the mayor that, again, our tax dollars fund these particular ads saying, how can I help the homeless here, and the shelters here, and reading about how the migrants have X game and laundry done for them—that's great. But the homeless are absolutely guarded. You know the, the business owners oh, all yes. locked
8: down,
4: and they lost their business. That's right. To the tune of them
9: becoming people who would need the resources that you're talking about. Yes, they haven't seen it for them either. And and you can talk about the-
1: this is why I say this is all by design. They were trying to bring America to its knees. For an invasion, for the new world order, an invasion, and then they could bring in a new world order. All this crap, all of this, man, all of it. Okay, I don't think Republicans are not in on this as well. Do not think Republicans are not in on this as well. For uh, you know, um, you know, trying to getting some sort of incentive. for having these illegal aliens here. Okay. I just don't, don't, don't think that. Okay. I wouldn't be, you know what? I wouldn't even be, um, be surprised. Um, if, you know, Republicans are also funding this, don't be surprised. They're both on the same team. Tell you that. I'll tell you that now. I'll tell you that right now. Alright. Let's get back. Let me uh put back on the moot the music. I'm gonna go cut this off. We're gonna read more about this. Insane man, insane. State Department awards $20,000 to Ecuadorian nonprofit to host drag theaters performances. State Department awarded $20,600 $20, to Cultural Center Ecuador to promote diversity and inclusion through drag performances. The funding was provided to Centro-Ecuatrino uh, North Americano CN on September 23rd to enable the nonprofit to promote diversity and inclusion through the production of twelve drag theater performances, three workshops, and two-minute documentary, according to Grant listed to the Grant listed on USA spending, which was first reported by Fox News. The project began September 30th and will run through August 31st, 2023. Um, Sen has been has been the recipient of hundreds of thousands of dollars in State Department funding since 2009, with 234 thousand awarded in 2015 alone. For the construction of a new auditorium. Historically, the funding has also gone toward teaching the local population English and improving the cultural center's technology. This appears to be the first grant intended explicitly um, for the production of drag shows. The initiative is part of the State Department's broader public diplomacy program, which is designed to support the achievement of U.S. foreign policy goals and objectives, advance national interests, and enhance national security. By informing and influencing foreign foreign publics, and by expanding and strengthening the relationship between the people and the government of the United States and citizens of the rest of the world. Sen was founded in 1957, and its stated mission is to strengthen the bonds of friendship and understanding between the Republic of Ecuador and the United States of America through intellectual and cultural exchange, spread the teaching of English and Spanish. This, this is... Uh, <laughs> oh, whoa, man. Insane, man. Insane. Okay. This is a... Uh, it's a it, they really want to push this perversion everywhere. Everywhere. Okay. They want to do it. okay so let's talk about unfortunately this uh plant worker ford plant worker lost his life and he's a married man of four let's get into that story
9: Say they are hoping that security cameras in the area will help lead them to the person responsible for gunning down a man sitting in his car. Now, this afternoon, investigators have not yet said that this attack was targeted. Or something else. The bullet middle car was still parked in the spot where it was when Chicago police say a gunman opened fire on the South Suburban man as he sat in his vehicle outside of manufacturing business. Investigators say witnesses reported hearing gunfire erupt just before 6 this morning in the South Deering neighborhood on the city's far South Side. Area 2 detectives say it appears a 39-year-old man was sitting in the driver's seat of his white Dodge Charger which was parked in the 2,900 block of East 126th Street when an attacker unleashed a barrage of bullets. Police say the married father of four was struck multiple times and died at the scene Thursday. (laughs) Friends say the man had been a worker at the Ford assembly plant for over 10 years and have no idea why he was parked in another business's lot or why anyone would want to hurt him. Police have not outlined a motive for the crime. So far, no one in custody and no arrest have been made. With more list.
1: Hey, man, I... I feel bad for that family. I really do. Okay. Chicago is becoming the wild, wild west. And Democratic policies are basically bringing it to its knees okay I I, I couldn't even I, I just I don't know man I just I just don't know I just don't know uh, what to say okay I really don't Okay. Trying to get into this story right here. All right. Devious North Linkshire woman jailed for false claims. Ex, False claims. Ex abused her. A woman who had made headlines by speaking out about her monster ex partner has been jailed after claims had he attacked her were found to be false. Christy Barr from Barton in North Linkshire gave media interviews in which she had been mentally and physically abused by Ryan Carson She made repeated reports to police that Mr. Kersen had harassed and assaulted or threatened her with a gun and cut her with a knife. On one occasion he was remanded in custody for two months after being arrested on another, on another, he, her claims led to full firearms response. Bar 24 admitted perverting the courts of justice when she appeared to whole crown court, um, superintendent christine wilson of humberside police said ryan Curison has been through the most excruciating and harrowing ordeal being accused and depicted as a monster by a woman who had her own devious and malicious agenda to try and ruin his life ryan had to watch everything he had he had vanished in the blink of an eye being incarcerated for crimes he didn't commit and unable to be with his daughter all because her ex decided she would manipulate the system to see ryan suffer in june 2018 Barr called the police to say mr Carrison was at her property throwing stones out a window and harassing her by sending her messages he was arrested for a breach of restraining order that was in place and detained on remand for almost two months of being before being released by the courts. He was found guilty of the offense by magistrates, but the conviction was later squashed. Six months later, Barr claimed Mr. Carrison had chased her up the stairs and assaulted her before cutting her with a knife and throwing her to the bottom of the stairs. She said he then put a gun to her head. It prompted a full armed police response. Mr. Carrison was arrested, but evidence showed he could not have committed the offenses. Uh, Superintendent Wilson said... Barr told her fabricated story to anyone who would listen, portraying Ryan to the whole country through national and social media as a violent man. She was terrified of when, in reality, Ryan is one of the ones who is suffering a tirade of abuse from vicious and false allegations Barr made against him. Whilst Ryan can never again re- never regain the last four years, I hope there is some comfort for him, his family, knowing Barr has now been held accountable for our actions. Wilt's men are stereotypically the perpetrators of domestic abuse against girls and women. We must ensure in policing we do see the less visible side of these horrific crimes where men are also victims and also and always investigated thoroughly and effectively for anyone who is a victim of abuse by a partner. Allegations of this nature, when false made, can have a detrimental impact on genuine victims coming forward. Barbara's jailed for three years and nine months.
0: Sad man, it's sad,
1: and that—that that is the reason why you do have these manosphere. Uh, <clears throat> you have these manosphere uh, spaces. Call what you say, but you know stuff like this that fuels it, that fuels the uh, need. For the of spaces, because you have women making false allegations just because the relationship is over. Okay, now we're gonna get into this story about uh, the um, Daryl Brooks situation, the uh, Wakisha um, murderer who drove his, plowed his car into um into a a parade of people and this guy has been you know in, he's been making a a circus of the court system i don't even know why they just just you know give him an examination okay we see you're unfit to stand trial you want to be your own um attorney um we see that you're acting right acting a fool you need a you need some uh, someone to represent you. Any more outbursts, we'll just keep blocking you up until you learn to behave. That's it. All right, let's get into it. Hard Talk Radio Live in 4K.
10: Mr. Brooks, you may uh, ask questions of detective cases.
1: Oh boy, hold on a minute. Okay. Noted,
10: do you have a any question. questions for the witness?
6: Is, uh, when, when did this video, when was this made a, a exhibit because I don't have it.
11: Objection, that's not a question for the witness, your honor. That, that was a question, a question.
7: Sustained. When was this video made and <laughs> exhibited? That is a question.
11: I object to the question directed at the witness, Your Honor. It's beyond the scope of his knowledge. Well, statement. he said he saw it. But that's not the question. And so you can rephrase your
10: question.
6: If you want to when, did, when did you see this exhibit? When did you see it?
10: With the understanding that you're asking, when did he see the video? I will when allow did the you see this exhibit? With that understanding, you may answer.
0: Am I
10: when I saw the
0: video for the first time? Yes. Uh, objection,
6: Your Honor. Why well, is something always funny at that table? Oh, okay. It would be the same thing. I take that I take that as disrespect because they were allowed to say something, and I said under my breath that was disrespect. Uh, I would just direct the same thing. I would direct both parties to
10: avoid commentary Okay, well, can you gestures, do that, please? because yes, I'm always absolutely. the one getting admonished. Everyone, I take that
6: as disrespect, too. Sir,
10: I'm good. can I do my job? State's directed to avoid laughing commentary. I didn't see it, so I can't further comment. I was looking at oh, the witness. Here. Don't However, knows. I'm advising both parties to show decorum on, this is not and restraint to oh, be respectful of this jury's time and attention and to let them do their job by focusing on the testimony that's and exhibits and evidence that's presented. Go ahead, Detective Casey. You can answer the question about when you have seen this video prior to today.
2: I saw the video, uh, within a few days of Mr. Brooks being arrested, i reviewed it since then a few times. I reviewed it yesterday
6: and again this morning and now in court again. You say you reviewed it yesterday and this morning. If you had seen this video numerous times before yesterday and and today, why did you feel the need to view it yesterday and today?
11: Objection argument. Grounds. Sustain as to the form of the question.
6: Why did you need to uh, review it this morning?
10: Objection argument. Overruled the witness may answer. Because I wanted to be 100% sure of the content, and if there's any questions that were asked of it, I wanted to make sure that I would
6: be be able to answer them appropriately. And why was this, to your knowledge, why was this video never brought up in your earlier testimony?
11: that's a mistake your honor. Oh, a it, it was,
10: it was, as it was not brought up in your testimony. Not in
6: if you have seen it numerous times before today, why did you need to see it again to make sure if any questions were asked were higher you referred to it? What would be the need to, View again this morning something uh, that you had viewed numerous times before. I Objection.
11: Objection. Compound. Ask and answer. This statement of the facts, argumentative, sustained. sustained.
6: Did you view the video this morning because you knew that the video would be made an exhibit this morning?
11: Objection. Assumes facts, not evidence. sustained, As to the form of the question.
10: This is my body. This is my
6: Can you clarify again why you viewed the video this morning?
11: Objection has to an answer answered to sustain.
6: So you're going to sustain everything?
11: It was already answered, sir.
3: Next question,
6: And I'm asking for clarification. Next question, please. I've I'll, I'll got
7: one question. All right, thank you. If you may step down. I'll excuse the jury. What your people are trying to do is not fair.
6: Hide things from the jury repeatedly. Don't tell them all that the information. Mr. Brooks, I'm to going go. to take
10: up all of your objections outside the presence of the jury. I ask that you honor my decision to do that and you show courtesy and decorum. Because you asked, Mr. Brooks, please.
6: Because you asked. That's the only reason, because you asked. I see what you people are trying to do. It's not right. It's not fair. It's not right.
10: You can have a seat. Well, once the jury's outside of the courtroom, I'll take up the objections previously in the evidence. All right. Now, first of all, uh, Attorney Hopper, if you can make a record as to uh this exhibit and uh whether it's been turned over previously
11: it was previously included in the initial discovery that was sent initially to the public defender's office and now we have a record uh that that uh those three boxes were turned over to mr brooks objection i don't consider being called that name it was not in the video footage that
10: i have obtained that video was not part of it. Do you think okay. I would sit here and be just irritating? Mr. Brooks, I need to make I'm a record. Suffering. So just please sit down. There's no need for you to stand at the moment. Uh, I feel like standing right now. Please sit down. I feel like standing. All right, based upon the offer of proof provided by the state, and it was provided to prior counsel. Um that's that, that satisfies me as to that issue um i indicated accurate, i would
6: accurate your honor can we can we have the prior counsel testify to that uh, Not at I, this time, I have not obtained that um, right now that was my first time seeing that as an exhibit
10: mr Prince, I, I presume you. and you can correct me if i'm wrong but you're familiar with that video yes or no
6: we, what does that have to do with what we're because talking about? Because I'm going to make
10: a finding based upon what I viewed in that video, that there's absolutely no surprise to you. It appears to me, even without the video, that that's a music video, that you are in it, that the vehicle that has been the subject of this entire case, that Red Ford escaped with the plate uh, that's been testified to is in that video. That video is relevant for a number of different reasons, the first of which it goes to uh, identification of you, identification of the vehicle, you opened up the door uh, through your cross exam of Detective Casey about his ability to identify you in that video. Um, and, and when I say identification of you specifically as it relates to Detective Casey's opinion that that's you in the video, of course, it's ultimately up to the jury to determine that um, and what relevance, if any, evidence have. But you opened up the door for the state to show that. Video um, because you directly attacked the credibility of Detective Casey uh, through his knowledge of it and and the identification by him of you in it uh, because the still image was of your back. Okay. So okay. that opened up the door and it's proper. Um, there's absolutely no surprise to you that that video exists and uh, that is my finding as it relates. Okay. It's yeah.
6: no surprise to me that it exists. That that was not the issue. The issue was how was it made an exhibit at the last moment? How does it be made an exhibit out of the blue? That was the issue. The issue of proof the on
10: that because obviously they marked it as an exhibit. But with all respect, so ahead, I'm just characterizing what I, what I said. And the record needs
1: to be clear, the issue that I raised was just by the way,
0: fair use, fair use.
11: judge and another uh, thing worth noting is the testimony of Detective Casey that this video was obtained from the defendant's own Facebook account as well. The court is well aware,
6: there's nothing that, that sir,
11: stop interrupting.
10: We have to make a record of it. You interrupted multiple times. I've been abundantly patient with you. Again, another interruption. So you need to be quiet. And let the state make a record. Stop gesturing at me. me Stop rolling your eyes at me. Asking, Stop looking
6: right at you. I'm not rolling my eyes. No, you
10: I'm have just... throughout. I've seen I'll it and you. I've made note I'm
6: of it. At you. Okay. So, are you asking me to be quiet or are you telling me to
11: be quiet? Go ahead, Attorney opper Thank you, Your Honor. And just to indicate, Your Honor, this court has been abundantly patient with Mr. Brooks. He challenges the court's authority repeatedly. This court absolutely has the ability to tell him, sit down and be quiet. And you haven't done that. And I know why you haven't done that, Your Honor. And we appreciate that. He is not in control of this courtroom. You are. And he needs to respect that. This video was relevant.
1: I'm sorry to say, but this judge is not really having control over this person. She's not putting, she's not telling him, you know what? Until you calm down and you act accordingly in this courtroom, you're going to stay in holding. Put him in contempt. You know, put some force, put some muscle behind what you say. Okay, when it comes to this individual, all right? This man is clearly mentally ill. I don't even know, like I said, I don't even know why you allow him to represent his own self. Get a pro bono lawyer, okay, a lawyer applied, um, funded by the state to represent him. It's, it's clear he can't do it himself. Very clear.
11: Based on questioning of Detective Casey, as you just indicated, challenging his ability to identify the person who had their back turned to the camera in the still shot of State's Exhibit 175. Trials are fluid. When he opened the door to that, we came up with the video which Detective Casey testified repeatedly on direct examination and cross-examination as to how he knew that was Mr. Brooks, because he had seen the rest of the video. He would not accept that. He pushed it and pushed it and pushed it until we played the video. The lyrics of that video probably would have been prejudicial. Originally, I wasn't going to ask for volume. Then I did because he pushed it again, and his voice and his mannerism of speech, I thought would have assisted the jury in identifying mr brooks as the person in the video with the red suv however you smartly asked me to play it without the audio and i did that and then i never went back to that this is all to the benefit of this defendant who continues to suggest and impugn the integrity of this court and this prosecution without basis he doesn't like it because the evidence is stacking up and stacking up and whatever it does, his response is to accuse you, the court
1: or the prosecutors of being unethical. They got this man dead to rights. So, like I said, get somebody to represent himself. So he's facing he's, he's facing life. He's facing life. There's no way he's getting out of it. All right. <coughs> this man was looking at the judge growling. That man's not right in the head.
11: ...and hiding things. There is nothing in law that prevents me from pulling something out of my briefcase right now and making it an exhibit if it's relevant. You decide what's relevant, what's admissible, not Mr. Brooks. There is no law he can cite to, no law, no authority whatsoever that says, I can't make an exhibit essentially on the fly. If it's called for, and that's exactly what just happened here. So I apologize for my tone with the court. I don't mean to direct this at the court. It is very frustrating. The court has demonstrated much more patience than I have with Mr. Brooks because again, I do not appreciate his impugning the integrity of these proceedings, of your honor's efforts to run a fair trial, and of our efforts to run a fair trial. We have Ethical obligations as well, to be fair, in this courtroom. We have respected that entirely. The reason I was laughing 30 seconds ago was because the exhibit was mislabeled. There was an extra Y and it said exhibit E-X-H-I-B-I-T-Y. And I turned around to the paralegal and pointed that out and we laughed over it, the word exhibit E-X-H-I-B-I-T-Y. That was it. There has been no disrespect directed at Mr. Brooks directly in any fashion. So he can object all he wants. And he has made that clear. He will continue to object and obstruct the court and obstruct these proceedings every last chance he gets. But legally, everything has been above board and proper. And this exhibit is no exception. I apologize for my tone, Judge. Thank you, I appreciate that additional uh, record being
10: made.
6: I've checked
10: it My previous ruling doesn't change in any way that the exhibit is relevant. Um, I indicated I would take it up because, uh, and I'm taking what the state's saying, as withdrawing the request to play the lyrics. That is correct. All right. I have not heard them, but I'll certainly take the state uh, at it's word as an officer of the court that um, it would be prejudicial based upon the lyrics that are in that video. But my decision to admit the video without audio stands. I do want to take up two other issues. There was an objection uh, to questions regarding uh, cross examination, so the objection by the state one had to do with possible. There's a question about possible testimony with his niece and nephew and then the jail cell search issues. So, Mr. Brooks, you asked the question. Um, The state had objected. Since you are the proponent of what would presumably come in through the testimony of uh, Detective Casey, uh, what is your offer of proof as to why I should allow Detective Casey to come back on the stand and testify about his interaction? I believe it was with your mom and possible testimony of your niece and nephew.
6: It don't
10: matter with the case, he's off the stand. He's not going back on the stand. No, but I told you I would recall him. I wanted to take it up outside
6: the presence of the jury. How do I supposed to know? So are you withdrawing that, sir? How am I supposed to know?
1: I don't even see a point in this, man. Like I said, mental health is something that uh, this mental health issue we have in America has to be taken seriously and they shouldn't be allowed to defend themselves to represent themselves in court. No, you get a state appointed attorney, period. And I'm sorry, this judge is kind of really shouldn't be showing this much patience. And I, she, he's trying to run this courtroom and she's allowing it. Okay, let's get into this uh, epidemic of This uh, subway shoving attacks. That's going around.
3: to fight crime in our subway system the plan just unveiled today has three parts adding more cops installing more cameras and placing people with mental health problems at psychiatric centers it all comes as police continue to search for the suspect in yesterday's unprovoked attack at the myrtle wyckoff avenue station in brooklyn cbs 2's christine sloan spoke with the victim
4: in an exclusive interview The victim tells me he can't move and that the attack has left him traumatized. Here's surveillance video of the suspect police are looking for. We warn you, the video is disturbing. Police releasing surveillance video of the suspect who violently pushed a man onto the tracks of a Brooklyn subway station at Wyckoff and Myrtle Avenues. In a a phone interview, interview, the victim, David Martin, Martin tells me he's in severe pain.
2: pain. and then everything the
4: 32-year-old is also terrified.
2: I'm from New York City, and the trauma that I have, the way is pretty intense right now.
4: Martin says the suspect, seen here jumping a turnstile and fleeing, shoved him as he waited for the L train.
2: I got pushed on my side before I knew it was on the tracks. The minute I landed, I opened my eyes, and I'm looking into the tunnel. People were very nice to try to pull me up, but... I was in too much pain, so I walked to the end of the station and walked up a little ladder.
4: Just this week, there have been close to a dozen violent incidents at subway stations. On Thursday, a man terrorized riders on an A-train with a sheet that covers a samurai sword. The day before, a couple attacked on another train, but fighting back with pepper spray. Violent attacks, muggings, a 15-year-old boy losing his life to violence just a week ago nine homicides in our subway so far this year governor kathy Hochul's joint subway crime fighting plan with the city comes just two weeks before the election the initiative places more cameras at stations and deploys uniformed officers to platforms and on moving trains but if new yorkers don't
7: feel safe we are failing and that's why the omnipresence of police
4: officers And the removal of those who are dealing with mental health issues is crucial. Hochul's Republican challenger says it's not enough. It's months late, and it's many dollars short.
6: And for the average New Yorker, they know what needs to get done to actually fix this. And they're
2: barely
0: even scratching the surface. Why aren't you talking about repealing cashless bail?
2: You can have cops upstairs on the station, but you don't know if someone's going to push somebody in every part of the state city. The
4: mayor says the city will also target illegal encampments on the streets and get the homeless into impatient treatment. The police union says it's not right to squeeze more overtime out of cops. The solution here is better working conditions.
1: Um, well, how else are these cops? Gonna, how else is this problem going to be solved? How else? Okay. You need to start modifying some things, Okay modify a lot of things with mandates modify a lot of things with that are preventing people from wanting to become cops okay invest in the morale of the cops okay do what you have to do all right put in put up cop shows to make people want to be cops i remember they had a show called cops i liked it but they took it down Nah, man, bring that sucker back up. Inspire people to become cops. Fix your hiring program. That's what you all need to do. Okay? That's what needs to happen. Get into this next story
2: public and running to be on the Maricopa County Community College governing board facing charges now for public- Sexual
3: illnesses. Yeah, according to the police report, Randy Kaufman was seen inappropriately touching himself on a college campus. So police say that this happened while Kaufman was in his truck in a parking lot in the Rio Salado College campus in surprise. So the report says that Kaufman told the officer that he used to work for the Department of Corrections and was running for the governing board for the colleges. He also told the officer he did not realize that the parking lot was on campus. Kaufman was issued a citation and no trespassing order and then released. We've reached out to Kaufman's campaign but have not yet heard back.
1: Okay. Okay. That that th- this is this gross, man. This is the type of people you got in office, man. I that he should automatically lose his chance to run. Automatically. Okay. After that, nah, no, 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 no nope you gotta go this guy is a, a Republican <clears throat> told you man the perversion is on both sides both sides alright let's talk about these uh, intelligent smart daycare workers daycare workers who thought it was a good idea to do this get into that
0: story right here
3: okay all
0: right here we are
1: Be careful who you leave your kids with. Tell you that much. Fair
3: use
0: Halloween masks, terrifying toddlers. Arrest warrants have now been issued for five workers involved in the incident. Stephanie Ramos here. Good morning,
3: Good morning George. This video.
1: Ah, oh, man. Here we go. Here we go.
0: Okay.
3: These daycare workers entrusted with caring for toddlers by their parents are the very people fighting them.
1: This morning, the daycare workers seen in this viral video scaring their very children who are to take care of now facing multiple charges for their actions. Actual- stupid. Just stupid. We started looking into the case to see, uh, you know, what facts out there. These are toddlers, man. Why would you... What? That's what you got to check of these people. Are one of these people actually certified to be daycare workers?
3: Center in Hamilton, Mississippi, were charged and arrested. Sierra McCandless, Okeana Kilburn, Jennifer Newman, and Cheyenne Shelton facing three felony counts of child abuse, and Tracy Huston hit with two misdemeanors, including a simple assault against a minor. In the video, daycare workers use a scary Halloween mask and appear to. in complete shock of what I witnessed. Um, Whether they had a mask on or the mask off, their behavior was unacceptable. Um, My blood pressure was raised. It broke my heart for my child. I was angry. Speaking to ABC News overnight, Caitlin Johnson says her two-year-old son is still showing signs of trauma and hardly sleeping through the night. She sees these charges as first steps toward justice. I hope you're enjoying jail, and I hope you realize what you've done is serious, and it's not a joke, and it's nothing to laugh at. Gosh, we get and Alyssa Hayes' two-and-a-half-year-old daughter was also in one of those classrooms.
1: They want us to show their face, to see what their daughter looked for. Gosh, we man. I want them to see the terror this on is, her face, because
0: that is what I see every night. Sue, 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 Sue.
3: fired earlier in the month. Just the attention that's
0: you know that's been given to this at this point uh might keep something like this from happening or people to look into what's going on,
3: you know, in their daycare <laughs> facilities just heartbreaking the five former workers who were arrested will go before a judge today for their initial appearance and have a bond set now the grand jury meets next year and will decide whether there is enough evidence to indict them on felony charges guys well that video speaks volumes all right stephanie thank you so much
1: they all need to do some time Every last one of them. These are toddlers. They are so young <clears throat> and impressionable. And whatever you put, whatever they see or whatever is happens to them will stay with them for life. Stop. I mean, come on, man. Just, just no. Just, oh, boy. This is just stupid, man. You got to be careful who you leave your kids with. Can't afford. I mean, those who are to couples who are together, married. Um and the mother stays home and the father works the mother stays with the kids. That's how it gotta go all right that that's just how it got to go it was this brain dead stupidity man just just stupid it's just absolutely dumb all right. So now we got this right now. We have a judge suspended after setting $2 bond for man facing serious charges. Oh, look what we got. Fulton County, Georgia. Fulton County, Georgia. That's why I respect that lady who's uh, tough on crime and telling those those gangbangers, they better leave. They better leave. Um, Fulton County. They believe Georgia. Period. Fulton County, Mr. Magistrate Judge is off the bench for two weeks after setting a low two-dollar bond. Elijah Sharp is charged with two violations of aggravated assault, misdemeanor battery, fam- misdemeanor battery, family violence, cruelty to children in the third degree, and terroristic threats. He was released from jail after bond was set at twenty-five cents for each count, for a total of two dollars. Sharp did not get a hearing before a judge within 72 hours of his arrest. Sharp indicated the judge believed that he meant that he had to set an affordable bond. What? Fulton County's chief magistrate, Judge Cassandra Kirk, told Channel 2 News, Channel 2 Action News, the judge had misinterpreted the law and disregarded new training in March on the issue. The judge is now suspended for two weeks. A bond order sets. Sharp's bond at 120,000 and directs the sheriff's office to return him to the county until the new bond is posted. spokesperson for the Atlanta City Detention Center said they are also looking into the matter. Document indicates Sharp is accused of throwing a plastic water water jug at a woman indicated as the mother of his child. Sharp is accused of pushing her with a car seat and pointing a gun at her and her mother. 2 investigative reporter Mark Wine spoke with the alleged victim's mother. Michelle Wright told Wine she first believed the 25-cent bond was a mistake. She strongly disputes Sharps' denial of guilt. Sharps maintains he is innocent. Wow. That, that That is insane, man. That is insane. The incompetence going on in Georgia. It's, it's out of control. Hold on one minute. Let's see if they talking about it.
7: You training on the issue. That-
1: let's go. All right. Here we go.
0: Allowed a man arrested on serious charges to go free on two dollars bond. Last 20 minutes, we learned the judge in this case has been suspended. Channel Two Investigative Reporter Mark Winnie with us now, live in downtown Atlanta. Uh, Mark, you spent this day working to understand what in the world happened here.
7: You know, we talked to a lot of people today, including the defendant himself, who spoke to us at length. And then our whole story kind of changed with a 5:24 p.m. email I got from. Chief Fulton County Magistrate Judge Cassandra Clerk and said, I was disappointed to learn of the October 19, 2022 incident described by you today. we have spoken earlier. I have reviewed the situation with my deputy chief judges. She basically says she concluded that the judge on this case ignored or disregarded clear training on one particular issue. He's been suspended and a new bond order
1: has been issued. Just for her disregarding training, she should have been fired or suspended without pay. Eliza Sharp acknowledges he's accused of serious violations. Of- <laughs> Two
7: counts of aggravated assault, misdemeanor battery family violence, cruelty to children, third degree, and terroristic threats and acts. He maintains the law didn't work right because he was charged before police knew his side. I'm innocent. I just want to prove that. I'm ready to go get my lawyer to talk to him then. But he says the law did work to his advantage, but he was released from jail on 25 cents for each of the aggravated assault counts, the cruelty to children, the battery, and a dollar for the terroristic threats. A total of $2 bond because he didn't get a hearing before a judge within 72 hours of his arrest on the warrant. more than 72 hours. He told me that I it was 72 hours twice but late today fulton county chief magistrate judge cassandra kirk told us the magistrate judge who ordered elijah sharp's release because he had not had a hearing within 72 hours of arrest misinterpreted the law that he disregarded new training in march on the issue That judge has been suspended two weeks, and a new bond order sets Sharp's bond at $120,000 and directs the sheriff's office to return him to custody until the new bond is posted. Sharp says he wound up in the Atlanta City Detention Center after he appeared in court on a traffic ticket October 13th and was arrested on the outstanding warrant and remained in the City Detention Center until October 18th, roughly five days later, when the city delivered him to the Fulton County Jail, where he finally appeared before a judge on the warrant for the first time. This Wednesday the 19th. I really can't do nothing but just pray and leave it up to God for real. Document suggests a woman indicated she's the mother of Sharp's child and came to his place for their child's birthday. That they argued, he told her to leave. Sharp threw a plastic water jug, striking her head, resulting in a bruise. And as she was getting to the passenger side of her mother's car, Sharp mushed or pushed her with a car seat. And he eventually produced a gun and pointed it at both the mother of his child and her mother, yelling at them to get back. Sharp says he poured water on the younger woman, never hit her with a jug, never touched her, and then he never had a gun. No whips with them. Sharp acknowledged he was already out on a $5,000 bond for an alleged simple battery on the mother of his child in May, which he also denies. Now, a spokesperson for the Atlanta City Detention Center said we're looking into the matter. I spoke by phone with a woman who identified herself as the mother of the alleged domestic violence victim told me she thought when she saw bond amounts of 25 cents by some of the charges against the suspect eliza sharp at first it was a mistake she said she strongly disputes sharp's denial of guilt she said she saw him pointing gun at her and her daughter so you got both sides really all sides that we've been able to run down here in this
1: fast evolving but very important story this is crazy man this is crazy what's going on with these people but the judge needs to be fired ain't no suspension for 2 weeks you need to be fired okay he could have he could have killed her all right then then what that was need that's what needs to happen all right So we have a stupid Sunday right now, stupid Sunday. That's that's all I could say right here for this. I never understood people and that have this, that need to, uh, you know, have this road rage, you know? I, I never understood it, but this is what happened. This is what happened. Talk Radio, live in 4K. But you did <clears throat> When it was all done The
0: five-year-old had minor injuries But the 14-year-old went to the hospital With a collapsed lung
1: What? Whoa I hope she gets better But in that situation I Oh, man Oh, man The stupidity of these men Stupidity If they get their kids taken away I don't feel sorry for them I don't feel sorry for them At all Because some of you people are just It's just Stupidity man Stupidity Okay Okay Now, this is the worst type, man. I mean... Seven men arrested, accused of looting in Fort Myers. Two separate groups of men were accused of looting near hotels. Lee County, Florida, Lee County Sheriff's officials say... They responded to two separate shootings incidents, in, resulting in seven total arrests this week. People who prey on others impacted by Hurricane Ian are the lowest forms of scum. Sheriff Carmine Marciano says there will absolutely be a law, there will, will absolutely be law and order in Lee County. And those who think they can commit crime are gravely mistaken. Let's see what goes on with this one. And the Purple Walk. All seven of these creeps. Oh, man. Can't get the audio. All right. That's seven.
10: All right.
8: All right.
1: Five men. Sorry, it's not seven. It's five. Five men from the Orlando area. El Francisco Acevedo Marvin, Eli Yadiel Acevedo Alia, Luis Enrique Senado Morales, Axel Martinez, and Benigo Ortiz Diaz were seen looting in Fort Myers Beach near a Windham Burden Hotel, according to the Sheriff's Office. Sheriff's officials say deputies located a white white work van and found various items from recent thefts and several fire extinguishers allegedly stolen from the hotel and nearby condo. All five men were arrested and charged with two counts of burglary during state of emergency and two counts of grand theft of a fire extinguisher. Two other men Al King Chapman and Rodney Rogers, Rodney Rogers were accused of stealing construction material from a Hampton in Parkland Lot, also in Fort Myers Beach. Both were arrested and charged with grand theft. In a statement posted on social media, Lee County Sheriff Carmine Marciano says he takes looting offenses seriously and warns the criminal activity in the aftermath of a natural disaster won't be tolerated. The agency says Orange County Sheriff's assisted with the arrests. Oh. Yeah, it's seven people I was right, it's seven Yep Oh man Scum man, scum scumish people, scumbags Alright Oh, remember what I told you about Republicans I just found this link Remember what I told you about Republicans and how they're just as bad as Democrats when it comes to uh, this illegal immigration problem? Let's take a look. What I tell you, what I tell you, (coughs) Tim Michaels' troubles expose Republican hypocrisy on immigration. Tim Michaels, a construction company owner and Donald Trump's favorite Republican candidate for governor, in Wisconsin has been having a hard time squaring his past and present views on immigration. Michaels is taking fire from his main GOP rival after Dan Vice reported in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that a group of a group led by Michaels fought against the tough get fought against the get tough approach to undocumented immigrants he now champions. Michaels has made cracking down on the people's of, he calls illegals a centerpiece of his campaign. He brags in his TV ads about building a prototype for former President Donald Trump's border wall. And he touts his blueprint to stop illegal immigration, including no driver's license, no benefits and no tuition. But the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel published documents showing that when Michaels was president of the Board of Wisconsin Transportation Builders Association during 2007-2008 legislative session, the group lobbied against a bill that would have prevented companies that hire undocumented workers from receiving government contracts, tax breaks, or loans. Hmm. Let's read that again. When Michaels was president of the board of Wisconsin Transportation Builders Association during the 2007-2008 legislative session, the group lobbied against a bill that would have prevented companies that hire undocumented workers from receiving government contracts tax breaks or loans. Michael's campaign responded by saying he didn't know about his group's lobbying on the bill, which was ultimately killed. Michael's opponent, former Lieutenant Governor Rebecca Klesius, jumped on the claim and put out a statement saying Michael's won't take responsibility for the conflict, but Michael's troubles expose a more significant problem with Republicans' position on immigration. See, let me just say this about Republicans, all right? They like cheap labor. Okay. They're the ones who say, oh, we're against immigration, right? But they will have immigrants teaching their kids Spanish, being their housekeepers, and raising their cattle. All right. Go do some digging and you'll find it. All right. For you uh, people saying, well, Republicans well, are good, man. Yeah. They're better than the Democrats. What about the Democrats? I don't play that whatabism nonsense. They're both the same party. All right? They're both the same party. We got Republicans that are funding the war in Ukraine just like the Democrats. And you got Republicans that are supporting Azov Battalion. When Azov Battalion went to the went to Washington DC, report for support and they got it. Some of you guys are gonna wake up the hard way. You're gonna wake up the hard way. And by then it's gonna be too late, especially for black um especially for blacks who are on the Republican team. They're gonna wake up the hard way. Alright? If it's up to them you would be still in slavery. Across the United States, employers in the construction industry, as well as food service, hospitality, and especially agriculture, are heavily dependent on undocumented immigrant labor. All the racist immigrant bashing you hear from Republican candidates like Michaels is not just mean-spirited. It's hypocritical. The Wisconsin road builders whom Michaels led know they rely on undocumented immigrants. That's why they opposed the bill, and that, that would take away the lucrative contracts if they employed them. Um, that's... <clears throat> from my new book milt how an american crisis brought together midwestern dairy farmers and mexican workers i spent a lot of time with wisconsin farmers who voted in big numbers for former president donald trump but who also employ undocumented immigrants but some estimates undocumented workers mostly from mexico now do 80 percent of the work on wisconsin dairy farms because but because there is no u.s visa program for year-round unskilled farm work Daily workers, unlike seasoned farm laborers, are also are almost all working in the U.S. without documents. I travel to Mexico with a group of farmers who go every year to visit their families, visit the families of their workers. They expressed a feeling of kinship and pride in the success success of the hard working people from rural Mexico who have spent years laboring on their farms and built homes and businesses back in Mexico with the money. They make milk and cows. These workers are carrying in carrying the economies of two places on their backs: rural Wisconsin, where they are doing the work that keep our dairy industry going, and their rural villages in Mexico, where the money they send home send home rivals, petroleum, as a share of Mexican GDP, causing Mexican president Andres Manuel Lopez Abroda to praise them as living heroes. Most of the Republican farmers I interviewed for my book voted for Trump because they were upset about the North American free trade agreement and other bipartisan policies that have accelerated the get big or get out trend that is killing family farms in Wisconsin. Trump's attacks on on Mexicans made them uncomfortable, but they hoped he would shake up a system that for far too long has not done enough for rural people. To their credit, members of the Dairy Business Association have worked with the Immigrant Rights Group, Voces de la Frontera, to set up skeleton crews on their farms that allow their workers to take time off for a day without immigrants rally and lobbying day at the Capitol in Madison. The workers delivered milk bottles to legislators' offices with the slogan, Not Milk, Not Without Immigrants. Uh Uh-oh, among the issues They lobbied on that day were the restoration of driver's license, which Republicans in our state legislature took away from the undocumented immigrants in Wisconsin in 2007 and the defeat of a bill that would turn local law enforcement officers into immigration police. Lots of Republicans recognize the contributions of immigrants to our economy. As one Trump voting farmer put it, admiring the way a whole community in Mexico pitched in to help someone build a house, small town, Mexico small-town USA, same thing. It's a bad look that Michaels, whose group didn't want to be punished for having undocumented employees, is now running on a promise to make those employees' lives as miserable as possible. With the horrifying discovery of 53 migrants who died in an abandoned tractor trailer in Texas while attempting to cross into the United States, it became clearer than ever that we we need comprehensive immigration reform and a more humane approach to the people who we rely on to do much of the hard work that makes our country run. Instead of competing to outdo each other by bashing immigrants, Republicans should listen to the rural Wisconsin voters who know full well what Michaels doesn't want to admit, that our economy is irreversibly dependent on immigrant labor. Instead of talking about putting driver's license and college tuition out of the reach of these workers, they should champion a legal visa program and recognize the long-standing economy economic reality that people of rural Wisconsin and rural Mexico are inextricably intertwined. It's time to drop the tough guy power string and stand behind an honest policy solution. It's basically it. That is basically it. Okay. So all you clowns that like to talk about, you know. Yeah, tough on immigration. Republicans, Republicans. Republicans are not telling you that this country is heavily dependent on immigrant on illegal immigrant labor. They're not telling you that. So there's a big issue here that we have to that the US government has to look at. Don't be trying to look at Republicans as saviors. They're in they have causing this mess for years. Just as much as the Democrats. Okay, they're not even willing to like screen these um, illegals coming into the country. And if you're gonna give these illegals driver's license, yo, make sure they're documented and make sure that they can drive. They have to pass a driving test. There's a lot to work with. A- of work to be done on America, especially with these policies, okay? And you have to hold the Democrat and the Republicans feet to the fire. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen. People are too brainwashed by both parties, and it's going to take a great, the great reset to shake everybody up and to, to get back to reality. Unfortunately. All right. I'm done. Peace out. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Later.